0: Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode.
1: Lads, we are back.
0: Yep. Still here. Not going Hello. anywhere.
1: Those are the lines. I was waiting for Daniel to do this. Yes. thing. All right. Big <laughs> episode today, lads. We are going to talk about so much. Anders Lee is out for the season. That's some news. The Blue Jackets are falling apart. We're going to maybe look at what the Caro Caprice off extension looks like. Hello, Panera. We're going to look at you, I bet. The Blues have extended Jordan Bennington. We're going to look at, because we're apparently calendar-wise, halfway through the NHL season, and we're also going to have a trade deadline preview for the North Division a little later, guys. To open the show, though, we do have to mention this, I think. Guys, winter testing doesn't mean a damn thing in F1, right? Not really. <laughs> no? No, that's good, because Mercedes had a very crap winter testing. Lewis' <laughs> uh, has it's okay. on. It's been a mess.
0: I bet they'll figure it out. Just, I, just my guess.
1: Your sure hope so. Because, you know, it'd be the worst thing if something bad happened to Mercedes. You know, it's not like they are the pinnacle of sport. You,
0: do you do you think if they just didn't improve their car at all from last season and just use their twenty twenty car, they'd still win this year? Probably wasn't
1: that Probably. like the fastest car ever.
0: I think so. Yes.
1: I, I hate them. I, hate, I don't hate them, but. It sucks. You know what doesn't suck for Jordan Bennington? that is? The Blues. The St. Louis Blues. Not like the Blues the music genre. Imagine that. Imagine the game self-awareness like a genre itself. It'd be like I mean
2: isn't it it's based on
0: it the Blues?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Isn't their lo- their logo is literally a music note? Yes. Yeah.
1: Is is what are the U- are the Utah Jazz based off of jazz? Probably.
0: Oh,
2: so it actually is. So what happened, uh, so there's a fun fact. They used to be the New Orleans Jazz, but they got moved to Utah.
1: Oh, and then they got the Pelicans, who are not correct because it's a white bird, not a brown bird.
2: Yeah, like I think Donald mentioned it. Sorry, we're on a weird tangent now, but Donald mentioned it last last week when the L.A. Lakers, but there's no lakes in L.A. It's because it used to be the Minneapolis Lakers.
0: And there's lots of lakes in Minneapolis? Is that what it is?
1: I don't think he explained it because I think I said, no, 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 that's not on the list. So we're not talking about that.
0: <laughs> well, but, I guess now we know.
1: No. Well, yeah, now we do. And that's one less team to ask Will about when we have him on next. <laughs> week. Who is going? Um, I didn't know that the thing at the bottom of a cowboy boot was called a spur until he mentioned it. I'm like, that makes sense. So,
2: that cowboy keychain.
1: What? <laughs> anyway, um, lads. Carey Price always dresses like a cowboy. He's a good goalie. I'll tell you, he's maybe not a great goalie. He's a fine goalie, but he's getting paid like a good goalie. The St. Louis Blues have signed. They've inked Jordan Bennington, the goalie who won them a Stanley Cup to a six year contract extension that kicks in next year, obviously. $36 million in value. That carries an AAV of $6 million. So he got the Jacob Markstrom deal and I believe his same percentage last time I checked was 9.03 this year, and it was a 9.10 last year. You,
0: you, I just, uh, I happened to go on Cap Friendly, and you know how if you click on the uh, extension, you can see it'll give you, was this a good signing? You'll see yes versus no. Mm-hmm. If you just had to take a guess what the consensus was on this deal, what would you say it was? No.
1: No, except for like, if you could, if you put it in a virtue virtue of thirty-one votes, it would probably be thirty people saying it's bad and one person being it was good, and it's blues fans. I'm
0: yes, rather large. It is extremely large. It is eighty-two people or eighty-two votes no, fifteen votes yes.
1: And those are blues fans.
2: The thing is, Bruh. okay, I know it's bad, but you know, it's like it's the, it's it makes sense that it's even though it's bad.
0: Why? Because he was good?
2: Because he was good. And I think it's the Blues are looking at the window they kind of have with the roster they have. And we talked about it in the summer where who is Billy Huso? And we looked at their prospects and like they haven't drafted another like goalie of the future.
1: Thanks for Jake Allen, by the way. Well,
2: so what? You think they were like desperate in doing this? Two things where I think that they're still. I think and we've talked about it before the Raptors. Like, you know, they're they're bad this year. And I know it's because also the injuries and the COVID protocols, but yeah. it's like you, you when you have the championship, you don't wanna you wanna keep holding on to that, right? And you sure. still have like you know, the roster more or less to kind of do something. And and I think it's the second thing is the management thing. is like I think they just love Jordan Bimmington. Like like he like okay, I know they won the cup, but if you look at his numbers again in that finals, like he he wasn't he wasn't that good i, I think
0: Game I, here, seven, yeah. I, I think when we think about that blues run i think we put everything we put a lot on jordan binnington we say well hey he came up he and and he rescued them from 31st place which is true i'm not saying he doesn't deserve credit what i am saying is we put all this credit on jordan binnington and that but I don't rem- like, I remember talking about Craig Barube. Where did that go? Where did all that come Like, the credit kind of disappeared for everybody else, but we're still talking about the Jordan Binnington hype, which is fine. But let's remember, he's not the only guy on that team.
1: Yeah. They are now missing their Norris Trophy candidate, captain, uh, Olympic level defenseman.
0: I, I read, sorry, go ahead.
1: And I was just going to ask was that Daniel just a very calm dunking? on the blues of how bad they are, or were you defending them there? Because it felt like a bit of both.
2: I think I'm trying to just kind of balance it out where... I know they're a really good team. They're a fun team to watch, but I think just for the... Like, I think they kind of gave him this contract right now, even though he's not playing his best, simply because they're like, we still are technically within the window, and let's keep the band
0: together. I I I read something interesting, and I, I'm I forgot who who said it, but I think the understanding here was if they couldn't get this deal done this time around, it was gonna be until the off season that they were gonna do this discuss a contract extension. If I'm the Blues, wouldn't that be better? Considering hey, he's n- so halfway through the season, he's not having a great season if he does not finish the season if he finishes the season like this who who in the open market is giving him six million dollars by six years Edmonton (laughs) that is true you make a good point
1: it's a really weird contract I don't like it I don't like it at all it's 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 not as bad as Matt Murray but it's it's worse than Matt Murray actually for the term and the money (laughs)
2: I had to watch the uh, video of him when he got pulled again after I saw the contract extension.
1: I guarantee you it was like 4.5, and then they the Blues saw that and thought, character, give him six. I don't know. Um, it's a weird contract. They don't
2: know how to round up. They went another million over my accident. It's,
1: <laughs> bad. It, it's really bad. It, it's going to look bad in a few years. Kind of like Anders Lee's deal. It doesn't like, just look worse because he is out for the season. The Islanders lose their captain again.
0: Ah,
2: you get it. Oh, oh. Yes. But we feel bad for him. <laughs> like, for him? Oh, that actually, injury.
1: Yeah, no, I actually feel hard. Like, that's a yeah. good play. Like, contract's bad. They had to sign him, though. Like, if they had lost him, it would have been his... Like, I like Gondersley. Good player. Remember, apparently the Habs were interested in him. And thank God they didn't sign that contract. But yeah, a massive loss for the Islanders, though. I, a team that are somehow always in it. <laughs> Barry Trotz, ladies and gentlemen. But no, a massive, massive loss for for the Islanders here. And I wonder if this does sort of spur on. Maybe if if, if our trade deadline preview for the North Division does well, maybe we do the East and we look at it. But I wonder if this does sort of spur on Lou to say, all right, maybe we need a bit more offensive. Mm.
0: Just question. Have you guys looked at the standings lately? Slightly. Kind of. Wow. They are on an eight game win streak.
1: What? No, I'm checking that. The Islanders have yeah. won eight straight.
2: They're 9 0 1 in their last 10. Wow. Oh, yeah, and they're leading the division.
1: Hell. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: The hell did I miss?
1: Yeah, no one's talking about that.
0: This is a tough like,
2: division.
1: Man, it I is. Know a lot. By the way, the Sabres have lost 10 in a row. <laughs> Yeah. And and Eichel talk about injuries and Eichel's gone for the perceivable future.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. don't necessarily think he's playing for this team again. Yeah,
1: maybe not. Maybe not. It's rough.
0: You know we never really
2: talk about too much when we talk about the sabres.
1: Um what?
2: Rasmus Deline. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, probably because Man, that guy's going to have his, like, what, uh, was he there before Kruger? I can't remember. Yeah, for
0: one season, I think.
1: He's going to have his third coach already next season, probably. Because Kruger is, I guess, apparently they were on a big road trip, and that's maybe one of the reasons they haven't fired Kruger yet. That and the Pagulas waste so much money on staff and management, and they can't do that because COVID has ruined their money. Like it has so many other people, but you, you know, it's that guy's going to have his third coach. How many for Reinhardt now risk to I mean, Buffalo are such a mess.
0: They were, they're set up. They were set up so perfectly for such a good team to build around. You have a generate, like I I'd argue he is close to generational. Jack Eichel is, I don't think he's generational the same way. McDavid is, but he is fra- he's a franchise altering player.
1: The, the, the way it was phrased at that draft was Mick, Mick, Mick Eichel. Eichel is first overall in any other draft. Right. It just so happens he fell behind the next city cross.
0: So you have a franchise altering center. Yep. You have a top top defenseman like he's going to be he's going to be in the talks for the Norris alongside Makar and Hughes for years to come you have Sam Reinhart, who's a top six winger Mm -hmm. how are you how can you screw this up you are set up
1: and they've got some good young goaltenders yeah they do um it's Buffalo man they're a mess, and another team that's a big mess right now are the, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I was rooting for them to lose last night because it would, it would have helped the show, but they beat Dallas. A big win last night over the Stars in overtime, snapping a three-game losing streak, but they improved their record to 11, 12, and 6. Okay. they still outside the playoffs, three points behind the Blackhawks, and have only won three of their last ten games.
2: I think they've settled into what I thought they were going to be last season when they lost everybody. I think they played a lot better than I thought they would last year, but now I think this year's like they're truly getting into the identity of what they are supposed to be based on the talent they have at the moment and the contracts they've given out.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. This is just a messy situation.
1: I want to talk about ice time, by the way. You know how much... Uh, Line played the other game in Florida.
0: Not a was lot. It, was it like 15?
1: It was less than 15. I think it was 14-something.
0: Wow. I don't know if you guys saw. I'm assuming you did. He had a goal and an assist, and apparently he didn't play the back half of the third.
1: I believe that was the Panthers game. Yeah. Why? Okay. And he said, I thought he was playing pretty well. And he said, apparently not. And I- Torella...
2: think it was like defensive. his defensive game or something. Like he was uh, a minus two or minus three.
1: Man, at some point I would have defended Tortorella Only a few weeks ago, at this point now it's just getting like they had a game. I think it was it might have been against the Panthers too, or or one of those. They've played like three teams in the past three weeks. Feels like <laughs> where they blew a four-one lead and ended up losing the game. Like that's like the sort of game that Columbus should shut down. Yeah, you know I think last time I checked, Lincoln was Lincoln's was a nine zero three nine zero five. Is it is it time that Tortorella goes?
0: I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's lost the room. I think he's lost certain players. Um, I think he lost Dubois. He
1: lost the he got him. <laughs> right. Like I think yeah. he
0: lost Dubois at the at the beginning of the season. I think he lost Line. A I think he's recently lost Line. I think he, when he benched him for, uh, I think a couple weeks ago with the whole assistant coach incident, I think R- Line realized what he did wrong. Um, so I think things continued. But I'm sorry. You have two points. You are an elite goal scorer. I don't see where the benching comes in.
1: I don't know.
2: If Tortorella stays, I I I I had you know this is still early, but I sense a holdout from Patrick Line.
1: See, uh, and you know we, we on the show I think have defended Tortorella a lot, um, though. Like we saw Line A, I think n- no matter what in Winnipeg it was going to be a struggle. Um, I, I don't know if it will be the single reason he holds out, but I think it will Ooh. contribute to it. Um, I don't want to see I saw people saying like like Line A will never play passes here in Columbus And I was thinking, no, he'll be fine At this pace though I'm starting to join that train Because, uh, man uh, And I mean, who are the Centermen he's playing with now? Apparently Domi's Available, again, <laughs> nothing to Alex Texier, but Alex Texier would...
2: We just like his first name Yeah
1: well, Tex- yes. Last name. Last name as well
2: He's yeah. not from Texas.
1: I just realized it's because Alex's name as well, but he's not. <laughs> like, what? Te-, he's
0: from France. Yeah. I, That's the joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think because here's here's my thought process. Uh-huh. Torts is under the last year of his deal. Yes. Right. So I think Daniel's right. I think if he wants to be in Columbus – and Torts is still there, he's going to push. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it before, um, not just with Line, We've seen it with other guys holding out because of a coach, or supposedly, allegedly. No proof of that, just my thought. Just thinking here. Um, I think he's going to hold out. But if I'm Kekalainen, I don't think he's – I don't think Kekalinen's necessarily on the hot seat. I think if he fires – if he lets Tortorella go and bring in someone else, I think it would be better for the team in the long run.
1: Right. They need offensive talent. And uh, there's a big offensive talent in Minnesota. He needs a new contract, which is weird to say because he just got here. He just got his first career hat trick, the only, the second Minnesota Wild rookie to ever get a hat trick. He's got 10 goals, 23 points, and 25 games played. Ladies and gentlemen, only six penalty minutes, by the way. Give him the lady thing. Daniel, what does a Kirill-Kaprizov extension look like? And is it basically Panarin getting 2 years, $6 million AAV? Is that where we go here?
2: Honestly, I think, and this is just what the idea has been, is he might he might bypass that and might want to go for the term. um apparently Bill Guerin because they did so much work to get him out of the KHL that they're like we're keeping you that it's similar to like a Malkin kind of thing where you you might not get the full big contract right away but it's definitely not going to be a bridge Mm -hmm. that the amount of work that's been put in place and I think that and this is just something that um has been like a big thing for the Wild is he's like one of their first Russian prospects in like a long, long time. They don't draft the Wild usually never draft out of Russia, yeah. and it's because of this commitment thing. But they felt that he was that kind of talent that we have to pick him up, even if it's in the fifth round. This is again another steal. That was a steal, but the feeling there is he's part of this youth movement now that you're seeing with this team that this is where you want to roll with, right? Like you don't have a Paul Fenton, you don't have a Chuck Fletcher that's still thinking, oh, let me let me try to win with all these big contracts. I think that it's a new era for the Wild that they have to kind of buckle down and secure all these like young assets.
1: So let me ask you this then. If it's not a bridge, it's some term, but maybe if you're Kaprizov on – because I don't think the current flat cap is going to affect that player for the me- for the reasons you mentioned. He may be 23, but has mm. all the leverage here. Does he maybe go for a Aho Matthews five-year term? Not that money, obviously, because he's not a center, um, nor does he score point per game as Matthews does, and obviously the settlement that gives Aho what he gets. Do you see that happening?
2: I could see that happening. Um... Which is kind of crazy to think about because we've talked so long on this podcast about how bad the wild have been with money under Paul Fenton. Yes. And then suddenly Bill Guerin and his trades, you know, even though he traded, you know, our favorite Luke Cunnan, um, he's freed up a lot of money going into this off season. Like he, they are going to be okay. re signing these guys. Like I you know Parise suitor. That's another issue, but. They're they're gonna be okay giving him that kind of deal. Like I don't think they're gonna push too hard.
0: Do, do you think? Do you think it could be a deal? And, and maybe the uh, AAV would have to be adjusted here. But do you, you think it could be something like the extension that Pasternak or even the Tavares, the first Tavares extension, where he got six years by five and a half, and Pasternak got six years at six point six six, like something around that type of deal. I think Adam, you were saying that before as well. Like I, what what does if it's a five year deal, what does AAV look like or what does the I, cap look like?
2: For me, I'm still looking at around like what you said would pass like a 6.5 or a seven. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a Minnesota, you know, history lesson kind of thing. Like they kept pushing, they kept trying to give the bridge. They kept trying to do something with Marion Gabarick, who is still considered like their best player ever in their uh in terms of, like offensive output in franchise history, and you know that's what really pushed him out. Yeah. But with KAP with they created an environment where he's thriving, where they're not forcing him to play a different style. They they said embrace what you've became, what you've become in the KHL, and I think that that's why it's a whole different like situation there.
1: Mm-hmm. What about? If we're swinging for the fences here, there's another very skilled goal scoring Russian centerman who, in a, sorry, Russian winger in a normal year is in the central division. You know who I'm talking about. Great, scoring lots of goals, great shot, Stanley Cup champion, eight years, 7.5, I believe, was his deal. And that's Vladimir Tarasenko. Mm hmm. I wonder that's if that's also something the Minnesota Wild can look at. Uh, it's in, it's it's one of those big stories in the offseason to look to because damn is he fun. And you know what? I know a lot of people call it the Subway Jersey. I like those jerseys a lot.
2: I love them. Yeah, I love them. They've grown on me.
1: So like the, uh, uh, the color you can describe as juicy, which we don't get a lot of in the NHL. It's a good contrast to the kind of crappy faded red and white and blue of the ice of the lines and that. It just. I think they look really, really nice.
2: Actually. It goes with everything. Like you know, people are still embracing. Like I think it's still a trend. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the kids are doing these days. But you know, um, you know the '90s trend that it's is it still is it still a thing? I mean, like we have the retro reverse. Uh, everyone still likes the Charlotte Hornets, right? We love the colors.
1: I don't even know what their jerseys look like.
2: It's like teal and really? purple. Yeah. Ooh,
1: ooh, that, that sounds nice. That sounds really nice.
2: More um, teal. Mm-hmm. More bright colors.
1: Would you give them best jersey of the year?
2: Ooh, is that a tough one.
1: All right. Well. I don't
2: know. Uh, it's between that or the retro reverse Leafs. I don't I know. I
1: want you. Stop it. I almost said shut up. But that would have been Stop. Well, I <laughs> that. Okay. While I, I introduce the next segment, you guys quickly think of your favorite jersey this year. I've just come up with this on the fly. We're about to now do the 201 podcast half-season award show of prestige and awards. Um, we will be looking at the following awards. Best All
2: official awards.
1: Jersey. These can be, we'll go best retro reverse, actually. We'll go best, best retro reverse jersey. We will be looking at the Jack Adams for coach of the year, the Jim Gregory, GM of the year, the Selkie for the best defensive forward, the Calder for rookie of the year, the Maurice Rocket Richard for goal scorer, the Art Ross for the scoring leader, the Norris which on this show we count as the best offensive defenseman, the custom Fulton Reed trophy for best defensive defenseman, the Vesna for best goalie, and the two-on-one podcast MVP award, the mvp and pure prestige and honor.
2: MVP-ness?
1: Yeah. <laughs> An award that I, I make up the name as I go, but it's our MVP award. Um, <laughs> because we don't care about the heart. The Lindsay matters, but at the same time, we're very vain here at the podcast and we want to name an MVP award after ourselves. It,
0: it's the play. The, Lindsay's the player's award.
1: Yes, the Lindsay's the that actually matters, yeah. uh, but the media are like the heart because we vote on that. <laughs> All right. And, yeah, of course, the best retro reverse jerseys. Okay, we'll go. Can, go ahead.
0: Can I make a request? Sure. Can I go last for Jack Adams and first for Jim Gregory? What's
1: really funny is those are the the, the first two on the list so
0: yeah because go- because I have a double combo they're from the same team
1: wait so do you want to go first for Adams and last for sorry Which
0: no part? I want to go last for Adams and first for Gregory
1: do you remind me if I forget because okay okay All right. then Daniel who is your coach of the year
2: oh we're not doing the jerseys
1: wait for the jerseys
2: we wait, wait for the jerseys coach of the year um I'm going to go with Dean Ellison of the Minnesota Wild.
1: Okay, fair shot.
2: Because, again, like being able to kind of cover what the Wild been doing this season has been like truly a blessing. Thank you, the hockey writers. Yes. But the way he's been able to kind of – like what he's been able to get out of this team where they went through how many COVID protocols, like at one point, they had 12 players missing off the – the, the roster okay. um, they're the first team to exhaust oh go on sorry
1: so i'm just saying remember we have 10 awards in the jersey to get through and we have the trade show yeah, so daniel we, we should be very quick with this so i can't
2: yeah. do an acceptance speech per per no. award okay uh, yeah but anyways yeah. he uh yeah before the music starts my speech um <laughs> yeah um he has been able to kind of get through you know, what is the problem with COVID right now? He's been able to kind of rally everybody and he knows how to keep the young guys developing and holding the veterans accountable.
1: Yeah. Uh, listen, Aaron Ekblad's having a fantastic year. This leads into my pick. Uh, no one thought the Panthers would be this, this year. And that's how the Jack Adams works. Um, we didn't think you'd be good, but you are surprised. And the coach has really done that. And honestly, he's a crime. He only has one of these. The Jack Adams for me goes to Joel Quinville. Coach Q, great mustache. Alex, who is your Jack Adams? And uh, I guess my- at the same time, after that, your Jim Gregory. One.
0: I went. So I went for the double combo here. Yep. I went with my uh, coach of the year is Dean Everson, like Daniel. I'm not going to explain everything again. He pretty much said everything. Um, and then my GM of the year is Bill Guerin. I think we have to put, I think it's very important that we talk about the fact that he was able to bring Kirill Kaprasov over from Russia, because this has been something that's been talked about for multiple years and they haven't been able to bring him over Fletcher couldn't do it. Fenton couldn't do it. And now it's Bill Guerin who is able to do it. And I think, I don't, maybe not everything he's done was right, but I think he's given Dean Evison a very good team or like a team that he was able to work with and they are producing results.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, my GM of the year is I won with this guy if this team makes the playoffs and they are still in the playoff spot. So I have to stick by my word here. I'm giving it to Mark Bergerman. Also because he has not been afraid to fire people, Um, even though if they have a bad streak again, he's probably getting fired. But I don't want to be a shell of a person, and I'm going to stay with my Bergevin pick and die on that hill, which might not go well for me in the long run, but we'll see. Daniel, who is your GM of the year?
2: I'm going to have to pick Ron Francis of the Seattle Kraken. I'm kidding. Okay. It's uh, Billy Zero of uh, the Florida Panthers. And I think it's because he's proved me wrong from what I expected at the beginning of the season, where I thought Florida was just going to tank it again. But, you know, pretty like, you know, under the radar moves he's done to really help this team. And they've been rolling.
1: Have you watched Clone Wars yet?
2: What's Com? Oh, Clone Wars.
1: Yeah.
2: Why is this question coming out about Ron Francis? I'm
1: just asking the question.
0: Yeah, that's not on the award sheet.
1: Okay, Well,
0: clearly not. (laughs) What will happen first? What will happen first? Seattle play their first game in the NHL or Daniel finishing Clone Wars? It's a question that needs to be asked.
1: There's a beast called the Zillow Beast. And you would have gotten a joke, but you haven't because you haven't lost it. Oh, wow. Sorry. Thanks for excluding me. Wow. But we'll see.
2: Like, why can't you pick a show that, you know, we could have all commented on, like Happy Days or –
1: i haven't seen no, happy days,
2: happy days or uh what you don't know happy days the I'm fonds not
1: here who watches anime
0: all right I'm did not, drive not to survive
2: anime. yeah I, like yeah or um mash you know alex i used to watch that when that first came out
0: wait why did i get thrown in there <laughs> mark
1: stone will win the selkie trophy because the man deserves it at this point <laughs> alex, do you agree who's the yeah guy?
0: yeah <laughs> yeah just give it to him
1: okay Daniel, like, why
2: not <laughs> I think he's gonna win it, Mark Stone, because he deserves it. But my pick going in was Alexander Barkov. He's had that, he's up there,
1: he's doing
0: well. Yeah. Was it just, was it just me, or did you have to do more research for the Selkie than you had to do for every other award? Because there's no, I don't know how many actual Selkie candidates there are in the North Division, like other than Phil Deneau.
1: Who has not been good?
0: Who, yeah. Finally scored though. We wish him the best.
1: It's like people would say Matthews, but it's like, yeah, but no, yeah, but Stone.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: The North Division is not known for its defense.
2: No, if they no had way. the Selkie Comeback Kid Award, I would pick Anze Kopitar.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That is a good one because he is, is very a- much having a big bounce back year. Yeah, very much is. Um, okay. The rookie of the year. Okay. Listen, Kaprizov is going to win it, but he shouldn't because he's 23 and has played in the KHL. So my kind of real rookie of the year is Tim Stutzla. Alex, who is your rookie of the year?
0: Uh, yeah, mine is Tim Stutzla uh, as well.
1: Okay. Daniel, you've, you had a very quick pan to the camera there. Are you offended?
2: No, um, I mine is Capo Kokanin, uh, for the of wild, course. the goalie. Um, no, it's not even the biased thing, but it's also because again, like I've been able to kind of watch him play, and this is a guy that not really came out of nowhere, but he's been in the system a while. I know he's 24, but he's a goalie, mm-hmm. and I think this was the kind of thing where it was just kind of waiting to happen, where he was the AHL goalie of the year last year, and he has he's on like an eight-game winning streak. Between his starts, the only losses that the Wilds have had is when Cam Talbot was in net.
1: We are giving a lot of love to the Minnesota Wild today. I'm slowly realizing. Yeah. All right, the Maurice Rocket Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. Matthews. Don't even
0: finish the sentence. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. listen. I'll say, oh well, let's just say Ovi because who the hell knows? Like, remember last year he he came, he came he did come out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. So who knows?
1: And the Art Economic McDavid wins the scoring title. <laughs> he
0: just yeah. hit
1: like forty points. Already.
0: Unless he has a season-ending injury, then it will be Leon idol. Patrick, Kane?
1: Patrick
2: Kane? No, yeah, Patrick, Patrick Kane's up Patrick there Kane. too.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Patrick Kane. Okay, but yeah, those are those are pretty easy. You know who's
2: also up there too, but he's still kind of far away from it mitch marner
1: he is yes he is and as as long as matthew scores
0: yeah marner, exactly
1: yes, um all right the Norris trophy which on this podcast is best offensive defenseman he leads defensemen in in goals the best offensive defenseman so far this year is jeff petrie i will not hear anything against it go ahead Dan.
2: <laughs> sorry i'm just gonna gonna take that one in for a bit um <laughs>
1: What it says? I don't care if Moslemer gets the Canucks. He did it, all
2: right. I, I feel like I don't know. You know, with me, I like going off the board with a lot of things. Oh, but yeah, but you know, like I'm, I'm gonna say Victor Hedman just based on because it's Victor Hedman. Um, going into the season, I had Aaron Ekblad, and he has improved, but not an elite elite point. Like you know, there's the elite, and then there's the elite elite. Um... One one guy, and you know he he's been okay. And I'm gonna say, uh, it's gonna be Thomas Shabbat where he, he kind of impressed me. Like he's kind of carrying the fourth there on the defensive Are court. You
1: looking at defenseman scoring right now.
2: Yes, Look, I am.
0: <laughs> you want to? You know, have you noticed Daniel just ha- like the only ones that he doesn't have more than one pick for is the ones where like for Kapo Kakinen. Or it's co- a, world, oh, it's a so Wild. So he didn't have another pick, right? Dean Evison, he didn't have another pick. But all the other ones, he had like <laughs> second and third picks for. I'm starting to see a little bias here. Should I change the color around your name on the logo to green?
1: We might as well at this
2: point. <laughs> No, 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 because no matter where we go, ducks fly together.
0: <laughs>
1: great alex who's your offensive defenseman of the year um
0: i picked victor hedman he does lead um he does lead in points um i did not look at it now though i did have this written down last night jeff petrie would be number 2 on my list though he was uh, up there but i do have to pick victor hedman
1: he is on pace petrie to score 20 goals i just mm-hmm. want to point that out okay Brett Byrne scored nearly 30 when he won. Mm-hmm. This is disrespect. Disrespect to Jeffrey Jeffrey Dean Petrie. I don't know if it's Dean. Okay, the Fulton Reed for the defensive defenseman. You don't know who Fulton Reed is. How are you here? I have given it, and again, I looked up, I, I looked up possession numbers and defense and advanced analytics, which I don't do often. Mm-hmm. I've given it to Dougie Hamilton.
2: I like that one. That's been a thing that uh, I think it was Sarah Siv was a Sivian. Sivian. Sorry, I just looked at her Twitter name Um, that she mentioned that as well. It's like no one is looking at the people are like, oh, he's not scoring at the same pace. But like, look how solid he is for that top four.
1: She could also say, look at half of our defensemen in Carolina. They could all win it.
0: Yeah. Alex, I am going once again to Victor Hedman. Who probably should have got it last year and the year before that? The fact that he only has one Norris is come on, crazy, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, the Vesna Trophy.
0: Oh,
2: I didn't say my uh, Holton Reed.
1: Because you've lost the, the right. Really?
2: Have I? <laughs> it's like a draft pick. Yes,
1: Jared Spurgeon.
2: <laughs> 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 Matt Dumba. You know, I actually wrote it down, but I changed it before it. I was going to say what? Jonas Brodeen. I was
0: going to say that was it. Yeah. That is it. But that is a good shout. That's, show, that's a good that, shout. That up, is a good shout because he is a good defensive defenseman. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, no
1: Spurgeon and Brodine both. Are, yeah. I'm but gonna um, yeah, go ahead. I,
2: I'm actually going to go with Brett Pesci because I just like the guy a lot. And yeah, the way he plays too, like, you know, he... Passes the eye and the advanced number test. We like the guy.
1: The Vesna trophy, I'm giving to Marc Andre Fleury. Um, yeah, I get Vasilevsky. Go away. I like, oh, it's,
0: it's very yeah. I'm going <laughs> I don't know if it's a question. He's 16, 3 and 1. I don't have you looked at his numbers.
1: Wait, wait, wait. who is 16, 3?
0: Vasilevsky. Two?
1: Okay, hold on a minute. Hold on. Let's get, I'll, I'll get Marc Andre Fleury up.
0: All right. Um, Fleury. I'll go with mine. Wait, sorry, Adam. Did you pick Flurry or Vasilevsky? Flurry. Okay. Uh,
1: who is. So, Flurry is four. Okay, hold on a minute. He is, if we're looking at this, 14 5 0, oh, yeah. a 935 save percentage and a 1.81 goals against.
2: He has four shutouts.
1: Yes. What does Vasilevsky have?
0: He is, he is 16 3 and 1, 936 save percentage, 179 goals against average. He he also had three straight shutouts. Did he not?
1: Marc Andre Flori doesn't have an OT loss. It's honestly both of them are incredible.
0: It is insane.
2: I'm actually loving this, by the way, because I remember in the summer, Adam called him an overpaid backup.
0: <laughs> no comment.
1: So, who are you two going
2: with for the buzzer? Vasilevsky, andre Flurry. I actually picked them during the playoff last season, but no one believes me.
1: going to make the playoffs, by the way.
2: Okay, you know you can't get all of them right. You know, for every uh, for every uh, Rasmus Sandin, there is always going to be a Tyler Biggs
1: Okay. <sighs> Who is your guys' two-on-one MVP award winner, prestige and MVP
2: Sorry, just the the last part. Like you, oh, get, we, you should, we should cut out that part. I don't know. <laughs> what? MV penis, he said.
1: Yes. Most valuable player in this.
0: Say that slowly.
1: mvp
0: Oh no, don't say it slowly. Or you're gonna have to make you're gonna make, cut make, make down me cut table.
2: it. Out. Huh? No, it's just sorry. I just keep hearing it. That's like we just or
0: keep it an MVP. A, get your brain out of the gutter. No,
1: we need to add actually of prestige, prestige, and and usefulness to the team. Okay. okay. MVP. Mine? Yes.
2: Alexander Barkov.
1: That's a fair shout. That went off the board. Why?
2: I just love his game. Um, I've mentioned it before that you know he plays that two way. He's he's been like a natural leader that. I know that they've had other guys there, like, you know, Keith Yandel. They had um, – I forgot Derek McKenzie was the other captain before him. <laughs> Remember that? And he's just been able to kind of really grow into the system that he's a, someone that, you know, he wasn't really thrust in there right away. Like, I know he made the NHL, like, right after his draft year, but the thing about it is he's been really patient with things. Like, he he's just, like, that unsung kind of guy where – it kind of reminds me of a bit of a John Tavares where he knows what to say to the media and he just kind of lets his game show on the ice that he's been able to lead Florida. And they, again, they have proved me wrong. That's why I've been so focused on them.
1: Yeah. That's good. I'm I'm happy. You're not saying that. I'm so mad with you right now. You make fun of the award name I have.
0: Sorry, it's just surprised I mean, he didn't pick a Minnesota player. No, Barkov uh, is, is a good shout. I think it's Jordan Greenway. No
1: breakout year. Um,
0: yeah,
1: but no, no, that's a that's a good shout. That's a good shout, Daniel. Uh, Alex, go ahead. Uh,
0: Connor McDavid. Um, I I feel like that could that's an easy pick, but I just think it is the correct pick in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I I've been takey with this, and I went with I, I, I went with McKinnon last year, and he mm-hmm. should have won it last year, in my opinion. Uh, but this year, I've I've decided to be right about this, and I said Goner. Uh, I definitely said Goner. I love him. All right, your guys' favorite retro reverse jerseys of the year. Go ahead, Alex. Uh,
0: I don't usually praise this organization. Um, I don't think I have ever on this show. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes, the Kachina jersey.
1: It's so nice. Talk about juice. Daniel.
0: Um. So
2: I have a bit of uh, a tie. And you're surprised it's not the Mighty Ducks.
1: Well, because it's ugly.
2: What? It's, ugly. it's It's vintage. It's 90s vintage. It's what the kids are all talking about these days. Um, for me, my, mine is... Okay, I'm going to say Minnesota right away. But I'm also going to add in... Yeah, I'm going to add in the LA Kings. Just for
1: the one game they played against
2: each other. Yeah, the LA Kings... Um, Tampa Bay Lightning... Washington capitals and San Jose sharks. And it's all based on nostalgia because the sharks Jersey was, they had that gray one when I first started watching hockey and Owen Nolan was the captain.
1: So a sixth of the league is your favorite.
2: Yes. Uh, The capitals it's because my first NHL game was NHL 99. (laughs) And um, I remember Adam Oates wearing that one with the Eagle. And then um, the Tampa Bay lightning one is because that's when they won the cup. Those colors. So that's in 2004. So that's, these are the jerseys I picked, those honorable mentions.
1: Alex, or you said the Kachina.
0: I said, I said the Kachina.
1: I refuse to say Colorado because it's just, it's, it's, the, it's a copy of the Northeast with their colors. It's nice, but it's a complete disgrace to Quebec. Complete disgrace to Quebec. Um,
2: what about the people of Connecticut? Aren't they sad because of Hartford?
1: No. (laughs) Absolutely not. No. (laughs) Fun
2: fact about the Whalers: Who you know, you know who was their last player to ever play in the NHL? Who was drafted by them? Kipper. Kipper.
1: Prios. No. He's a goalie. Who? Um,
0: he,
2: he's very tied to this show.
1: Please just say who it is. Yeah.
2: Leafs legend, Jean-Sebastien <laughs> Giguere. Really? Yes.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, my favorite jersey, by the way, I, I would have said Montreal, but they can't win in them. So they've lost all love for me. Um, mine is also the kachina, because I love purple. I love the logo. is cool. The detail of the sun and the cacti on the jersey are really, really nice. Even though I'm pretty sure someone on this podcast didn't like the cactus.
2: No, it just
1: because it's not a bear in the Minnesota sun.
2: No, it's, I don't know. It just kind of. I don't know. It looks like I don't know, like it. You know, like DH Gate or uh, you know, like Alibaba. If you buy like a jersey there, like it just. I don't know. It just kind of. Ruins it for me, like the cac- the cacti, where uh, if it was just uniform, I would have ranked them higher. I,
1: I, this podcast has permanently changed our relationship. <laughs> um. All right, lads, would you <laughs> your favorite jersey? I'm gonna list six. <laughs> Five. All right. Um. I think now it's time to do our trade preview for our deadline preview for the North Division, a.k.a. the division that matters the most.
0: Pretty much. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So we're going to look at every Canadian team, and this is based off of the Ian Mendez article in The Athletic. Um, we've kind of used the information from there with team status, team needs, and their cap space And we've sort of thrown our own trade together here, trades together here. We haven't just said a team should get this player. We've kind of formulated some trades here. We've even gone off the salary um, to really try and make it work here. Um, We all came with our own trade, but before the show, we kind of came together and decided to go with one uh, for each certain need. So what team would you guys like to start with?
0: Um, Why don't we start... Why don't we go backwards in order in from the standings? Okay.
1: So thinking Ottawa.
0: that too. Yeah.
1: Okay. Actually, can we can we save Ottawa?
0: Okay. So okay. should we stop start at the top?
1: Because it's just actually yeah. Let's start with Toronto because my my Stephon trade involves the Leafs.
0: Oh okay okay. So
1: the Leafs, for those of you who do not know, don't have any cap space. They've got like hundred k in room. Um, they need uh, the needs that have been kind of thrown around, is maybe some defensive depth on the left side, a top six winger to play with Nylander and Tavares or third line center. Um, now, Alex and Daniel, you guys kind of came together to kind of mold the third line center deal. If you want to mention that now.
0: Yes. Yep. Um, so the third line center, we have selected. I call it, we called Kevin Adams and we said, we want Eric Stahl 50% retained. Here's what you can have. Pierre Engvall and a third round pick in 2022 that has a condition. It turns into a second round pick. If the Toronto Maple Leafs make the Stanley cup final,
1: mm-hmm. which is a safe bet looking at where they are.
0: Hopefully. Yes. Yeah.
1: And this way they can hold on to Alex Kerfoot, which everyone is throwing around to make salary. In fact, the, the trades I have here, I have Kerfoot going in every single one of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single do. one.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Alex, you also looked at the potential left. Are we, um, yes. You have a potential defenseman for the Leafs. Maybe people are looking at home, but you've gone maybe a more realistic route and looked at a depth, a real depth defenseman who is more famous. I'm kidding. His sister is much more <laughs> famous than him.
0: Uh, I tried going the Mark Stahl route because I saw a lot of people talking about that, but that was just way too hard money-wise. So I went with Jamie Alexiak, 50% retained. Uh, who's the GM in Dallas? Jim Neal. Jim Neil. Yeah. I called Jim Neal. I said, "I want Jamie Alexiak, 50% retained. This is what you can have: Alex Galchenyuk in a fourth, and then I hung up the phone."
1: I kind of like how we have to start this off by saying, I called this GM and said, this is what we're doing here.
0: Yeah, just I just thought yeah. that was a
2: cool thing. I, I don't know. know if I was listening to Alex or Brian Burke there.
1: Yes. Um, and then both of you as well uh, looked at a top six winger. Mm-hmm. Who was the one you guys came to?
0: Um, oh. Well, you all to do both of them? Because I think they're two different. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You
1: both uh, Ones. Um Let's start with Daniels.
2: All right. Um, so I think in terms of skill, he's amazing. No bias. Um, and also the money just makes more so much sense. He's making less than 4 million and he has another season after this and it's Ricard Raquel. Mm-hmm. And I think he can play the wing, you know, if there's, you know, God forbid another injury or something, he's played center before, but he's going to cost the Leafs quite a bit. So to make the money work, you know, maybe the ducks have to retain something, but you're gonna get Pierre Engval, you're gonna get Rodion Amirov, mm-hmm. a first-round pick, and a second-round pick for Raquel, who is gonna help you almost immediately. He's on a he was on a 12-point streak uh prior to two two games ago, but he's he's proven it before. He's been an all-star, he scored 30 goals, and I think he fits perfectly with what the Leafs are trying to do and on the cheap and the the extra year of control, I think that it's going to bode so well for them.
0: And
1: that's it. That's the important part.
0: Uh, Daniel, you missed something. What did I miss? Oh, yes. Which a- general manager did you call?
2: I yeah. called Bob Murray. I'm like, this is what you need to do for your team. You know, you don't need... You know, yeah, I gave you Rodin Amiroff, but I know you want a guy for some reason who isn't entering his late 20s. So I'll give you Pierre Engvall. He's going to see Pierre Engvall. And he's going to be like, yeah, that's the centerpiece of the deal. So got him there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, should I go? Yes. So, you know, I called David Poyle last night. I said, David, because we're on a first-name basis. I, I said, 50% retained, Philip Forsberg. That's it. I said, oh, here's what I'll give you. First-round pick this year. I'll give you a conditional second-round pick next year if we make the Cup final. Here's have another first. I give you Alex Kerfoot, Nick Robertson. Mm-hmm. That's it. Take it or leave it.
1: Yes, At least like arguably their best forward prospect. Potential two trade, two first. I like it. I like that a lot. Okay, so I had, by the way, like the others, an individual trade. Mateus I had one. I had Eric Stahl. I had Granlick. But then I thought, man, why be boring? And the lads don't know about this trade. I call it the all of them two-year window trade. Because listen, the Leafs have made a mistake with the likes of, um, well, I can't remember his name at this very, very second. Um, He went to Carolina this year. Um, a lot Jake of skill. Um, had some personal issues and had to step away from the Marlies. Jeremy Brack.
0: Oh yep. yes.
1: Um, and we had the issue of Yonce of not selling high. They got lucky with Kapanen because the Pittsburgh Penguins are done. Even though some people yeah. think they could have got more, and that's clearly false. Stop
0: it! Stop it! <laughs>
1: anyway, <laughs> well, the Leafs have longer than just a two-year window. Realistically, with the talent they have, we saw this in Pittsburgh. They won in 09. They had to retool a bit, but back in they won, came in 2017, and now they won back-to-back cups. You have a longer window, and they have a good relationship with the likes of Matthews. He's probably re-signing there. Okay? You can work on this. So, their big go-for-it window is this year, and it seems like Canadian teams want to try and have this division again next year because COVID is still a thing here. So, this are the best two years for the Leafs to go for it. So, I called up, David Poyle and I called up Pierre Dorian. I said, oh. Pierre, Nashville are going to give you a second next year, and I'm going to give you a second next year. And you're going to give me the Derek Stefan contract that I can use for LTIR. And I went to Poyle and I said, listen here, dude. You're gonna give me at 50% <laughs> retained. Hold on a minute. <laughs> I can't read my writing. I think you're going to give me, Cali Croak, retained at half for a million dollars. He hasn't had the best year, but if you look at his best years in Nashville when they were a competent team, that is a good third line center who could also play the wing. There's value there. Okay. At $3 million, you're going to give me Philip Forsberg and retained also at half at one point eight seven eight, sorry, at 1.875, you're going to give me Matias Ekholm, too. All of which of those players have this and next year left on their contracts. Correct. So, these are a potential lines. Matthews, Marner, Hyman, Forsberg, mm-hmm. Tavares, Nylander, Mikheyev, Engvall, Yarncroke, Boyd, Spezza, VC. You can work on that. The, whatever. He's, so, wait, what...
0: there's no Joe Thornton.
1: No, he's, he's gone.
0: Oh, he's gone. gone.
1: This is this listen. This is based off what I saw on Daily Faceoff. Is this
0: right? like the TSN article that they just put out that said, "Does Joe Florin fit in this lineup?"
1: No, I'm, man, if, if we have <laughs> to give
0: him up, we give him up. Whatever.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Riley Brody, Hall, Muzzin, Ekholm, Bogosian. You're gonna notice there are some guys missing. Anderson Campbell. And I told David Poile, this is what you're gonna get from me. <laughs> Two firsts. This Brody. year and next year. Yes. Okay. Alex Kerfoot. Yeah. Nick Robertson and one of Lilligren and Sandine, preferably Lilligren. The money all works here. It's a two-window, and you're probably wondering, Adam. Even if the math is done properly, at a if you the National Predator players combined, it's just under six million dollars. So even with curfew, Adam, there's about a 1.5 million dollar overage there. That's Derek Stefan. And even with that room, there would still be around three slash three point five million for another move if they wanted to. Now you're probably wondering, Adam, where does that additional 1.5 come from in the summer when Stefan's contract expires? To which I tell you, don't worry about it. Because Joe Thornton is gone. Yeah. I've just come up with that on the fly.
0: Um the, is the okay, here where here's where I'm struggling. Yes. Weirdly enough, I I don't know. I think you have to give Robertson and Sandine. Sure. I, I don't think Liljegren is 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 enough because.
1: Sure. How I it.
0: Yeah, like I think that's what it is. I I don't even know if that's enough for all three players. Which is weird. Like you think I'd want the Leafs to screw Nashville. <laughs> But, like, I I don't know. Like, if I'm David Poyle, why do I take that deal? Like, I could probably get more individually for each player if I wanted to. Easy. Okay. Here's why. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Because this league has a problem. Okay. It is too boring. Correct. This way, we don't know the value of a first. We don't know the value of a second. We sure. don't know how many teams can actually take on Caspers, but do you know what? One team that can, that we are assured can make trades in this buyer's the, market, it's the Leafs. The Leafs. Now, why would you want Kerfoot? He's got some term. And for the love of God, he's he can play center. Yeah. Like, they just need some semblance of center. Nick Robertson is an exciting young forward prospect. Yeah. Which, my God, do they need? Yes. The draft picks, listen, they're late picks, but Jesus, you're getting picks there. all right? Mm-hmm. It's guaranteed. So if we break it down, really. And don't forget, the you are also giving up a second here to help it work out with with, with By the way, whether Autumn was an incentive here, they get two seconds out of it.
0: Maybe they can spend it on another Matt Murray. Yes. Oh, no. This way,
1: they, they make up some of the room that they've lost in the original Stefan deal. I thought I was actually giving up too much in this deal. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm kind of stalling to come up with something in my mind. Listen, we don't know what the actual, like how many teams are actually going to buy. Cause there's just, no. Yeah. at least with the Leafs, it's a guarantee thing that, you know, they can handle this. And listen, if they can truly, and if the word is true that this is their time for it to go for it, there is real possibility that they could make that big move. Right. It's just, yeah. It's And if you're Nashville, you can't just dilly-dally about maybe moving maybe doing this maybe this this is a move that can also commit to them really rebuilding and a lot of people may say okay what about johansson and think because for those two years those are all three of their retained salaries no one's taking those contracts right now regardless not gonna happen without it having to be a cheats type situation another bad contract maybe skinner but neither of those teams want to God! again let me <laughs> let me preface this i think all our other trades that we're going to look at for the rest of the show are somewhat realistic yeah this was purely let's have some let's go nuts here because let's get and that. this isn't just me saying throw in scraps to get these players no. like these are some of the least best prospects yeah and the money works dang it the money works i used a calculator and everything
2: Adam, was this your "this is where the fun begins" moment?
0: Pretty yes. much. The, yeah. the thing is, is I don't know what Yarn Crook is. What's his value? That's what. That's where I get, I get a little confused.
2: He's been uh, on Nashville for so long. I forgot he was drafted by Detroit. Oh, I, I
0: know. didn't even
1: know he was drafted by Detroit. Listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I tried to get all three of these players, and I looked at third line centers in Nashville, and I realized they don't. Have one, so no, was yeah. the closest I could go. All right, um, shall we go and move on then?
2: Sure. All so right.
1: we'll go to the Winnipeg Jets. Daniel, we we've given you the task. They need a top four defenseman, ideally to play with Josh Morrissey. Who do you have?
2: Mm, so I went with Matthias Ekholm going there. I know he's uh, a left hand shot.
1: Who did you call?
2: I called Kevy. Uh, you know, we uh we have our nicknames since childhood. Uh, that I, I said, listen, you know, this is your core. Don't tinker with the forwards again, except for cap situations. You know what you have in the top six. Now let's fix that back end.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Calls David.
1: Yep.
2: And he gets, Matthias Ekholm, mm-hmm. but not for very cheap because he knows that Winnipeg really needs it. So. He gets an Adam Lowry.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He gets a first-round pick. Yep. A second-round pick. Mm-hmm. And either a Christian Vassalainen or a Billy Hanola. His choice.
1: Listen. Matthias Ekholm, you talk about a minimum. much. You talk about an underappreciated defensive defenseman. That's a great contract. I think that's a very reasonable deal. And if I'm Winnipeg, I'm saying, please take Vassalainen and let us keep Hanola, But They maybe don't want to do it, as you mentioned to me before the show, but you know who could probably be an option too? Maybe Logan Stanley. Mm -hmm. Maybe not, because they'd like to keep him. But I like that deal a lot, Daniel. I really, really do like it. Um, So who who is third? Edmonton, right?
2: This was like the most difficult one.
1: So the problem with the Oilers is they have no cap, and everything has to be in and out, and they need a goalie, and they need a top six winger. And they basically have no assets Except for like Broberg And you don't want them getting rid of their pigs Because they need to goddamn draft some players Alex who are you looking here For their top six winner
0: um, I have Jake Vertanen For well oh, sorry Sorry I forgot Before I, I made this trade I called up Jimbo Jim Benning exactly. We're good friends I call him Jimbo or Jimothy I don't know I whatever I feel like <laughs> Um, and I said, I know you want to give up Jake for Tannen. He's like, yeah, I do. I don't know why, but eh. I said, here, I'll give you Alex Chason. He'll expire at the end of the year. I'll give you a conditional third round pick. And depending on playoff success might go up. It might just be a third. Mm-hmm. And I hung up the phone.
1: Listen, a lot of people need to realize is for not going to get him a lot.
0: But he's a scoring he's- winger.
1: He's just – there's not – there's no value there. They're trying to trade him. For, like,
2: the fourth like,
1: time. <laughs> like, I, at one point, had him go into Boston for, like, a fourth. Like, no. in, like, Sinesha. There isn't much there. All right, there, There's just not enough for him. Um, Daniel, again, the trade guru, who did you call for a goalie?
2: I called Billy. Back in uh Fort Lauderdale, Florida, because <laughs> I just assume he lives there. He doesn't live in the uh, downtown core. But I told him you have a lot of goalies. You know, you don't want to upset Bob with the amount of games you're giving to the other guy. You have another person in university. Actually, two guys in university.
1: Called Bill both- Zito, by the way. Like- yes,
2: both in the. Yeah, sorry. Just you know, we're just so we're just good friends already. That you know, like first name basis calls me Danny Um, <laughs> anyways I said you know Chris Drieger is gonna wanna get more money he's gonna wanna play more and I don't think you're gonna be able to give it to him but I'll give you an interesting prospect for him and this is me Ken Holland trading Raphael Lavoie and a second round pick in 2022 for Chris Drieger because he is cheap he is young And he's playing so well that the Oilers need that because they don't have any other anyone else. Well, no offense, Stuart Skinner, but they don't have anyone else who could really be a starter in the next year or two.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, why would they trade Drieger again? As you're saying, they have Spencer Knight. Remember Devin Levi? Yeah. We all do, of course.
2: Oh, and Samuel Montebo is still there too.
1: Mm -hmm. And for some, and like TSN having him on the trade board is again enough. I think they'd be nuts to do it, but Drieger is a good option, a very good option for the Oilers. Uh, then we go to Montreal here, and what are they needing? Maybe another left defenseman, especially now that Ben Chirot is hurt. Uh, we don't know the extent of it, but apparently if it needs surgery, he's gone four to six months, and all of a sudden Montreal lose a defenseman on their top pair who eats a lot of minutes. Um, so first, Daniel. You, damn it, Daniel, you covered a lot of these trades, I'm realizing, though. Um, Do you want to talk about who you have Montreal getting as a depth defenseman?
2: Um, you go first?
1: Center, sorry.
2: Center, oh, okay, yeah, because I, I was like... yeah, Because I'm like, did I... No, I did not. I was not the uh, defensive guy. Yes, uh, for me, it's Mikael Grunland. I think it just fits so well. He needs... Like, I, I said this already when he was a free agent. He needs a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. And... He, For some reason, he still doubled down and went back to Nashville. I think maybe because of the cap hit they gave him, but he's not too expensive. He's just hasn't looked like the player we know he is with the Predators. So I think he goes to Montreal, and they don't get very much for him. They get, like, conditional third. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: That could maybe go higher. I don't know, but it's just something that Nashville needs to do because, honestly, they have to get some form of compensation. Because, again they gave up Kevin Fiala for this. They thought Gronlund was going to become, you know, that 60 point, you know, Selkie type of guy. It hasn't worked out, but I think in Montreal, he gets a lesser role, but he really helps that bottom six kind of going forward. And again, another guy could put on the penalty kill.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I like Granlund a lot. Beside the fact Minnesota wild guy, top 13 Selkie voting at one time is great. Love it. Love to see it. Um, all right, so Montreal, defenseman, you go big or you go home. Bergeron kind of needs to make the playoffs. Otherwise, he's probably gone. And I would say that of any team that is probably going to be a buyer, Montreal might have the best draft capital, I think you'd say. Um, so for Matthias Ekholm, reunite him with Shea Weber. How nice would that be? They are going to give up all this year first, it doesn't matter which second. It doesn't matter which third. They can have their pick if they really want to. Uh, defensemen, they can have one of two. I don't mind. Victor Mete, a young, puck-moving, left-handed guy. Or they could have Kale Fleury, a more old-fashioned, rough-and-tough, can-lay-out-the-body, right-handed guy. And they want a center prospect, um, a guy who has a bit of offensive flair to him with a second-line ceiling. I need to add that. Ceiling. So not a sure thing, but he's got the offensive tools. That's a guy they just signed in the summer, 20-year-old Cam Hellis. Great guy. Love him. Playmaking ability. You love to see it. Um, then if we look at the Calgary Flames, Alex, they need a top six winger are the Flames.
0: Yes, they do. Um, and again, you know, I had to make a call to a friend called uh, David Poyle in, in Nashville. Davey or whatever. I don't know. Call him something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said, you know, Sam Bennett wants out. I don't want to deal with Darren Ferris anymore. I've had enough of his shenanigans. Um, so I say, here, you want, you can have Sam Bennett. He'll be an RFA at the end of the year. Uh, you can also have Oliver Shillington, a decent defenseman. i We're not really using him. And a fourth round pick in 2022. Mm-hmm. And then I hung up the phone and I said, yeah see what happens.
2: I like that one. I think we've mentioned before where you know Sam Bennett is not going to fit the Daryl Sutter image of what he wants his team to be, and he's the kind of guy that you know old school kind of guy where it's like you know going into the playoffs, I don't want this in the locker room
1: a k he doesn't try every night, yeah, yeah, not great, not a great guy. Um, you know what? By the way, as we talk about wingers in that, a guy no one's really talking about that everyone should keep an eye out for. He's having a bad year, but he scores 20 goals like it's nothing every year. Kyle Palmieri. I just wanted to mention that. Everyone's talking about like Forsberg and that? Palmieri. Same kind of situation as Chris Grider. Will they re-sign him? Hopefully not, and we get some zest to the deadline. Okay, um, Daniel, when it comes to the Canucks, we're looking at Brandon Sutter, a depth defenseman who's probably going to be available... There's been interest. Apparently, the Oilers are in on him, uh, but he makes a bit of money. Where do you see him going?
2: Yeah, so um, based on what Jim Benning gave him originally for that extension, that's going to nib them in the butt a bit, and they're just going to run out of time. Mm-hmm. They are not going to, they're going to try to be like, we'll retain salary, we'll get something, but teams will still balk at it saying, no, like, we'll get this, and he's still going to try to get some form of an asset of it, but I think it's just not going to work out. And Brandon Sutter is just going to hit the free agency.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, you had a, was it you who had the Hamonic deal, by the way?
0: Yeah, I did. Okay,
1: um, and that should be our last one here because um, Ottawa, we can, we can get to Ottawa. But again, the Canucks are selling Vertanen, which we kind of covered earlier. And another yeah. asset they could do is Brandon Sutter. But yeah, um, Hamannick is also one, but he has some trade protection for some reason. But where are
0: you Don't know. I have him going to the Winnipeg Jets. And to make some money work, I threw in uh, Nathan Beaulieu and a third or fourth round pick, whatever uh, whatever they want.
1: See, and the important thing that people may be asking here is, it feels like you guys have a lot of like, trades between Canadian teams as well. Uh, it makes more sense because of the quarantining rules. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a giant mess. And the reason we're doing a pre- our preview show now, as opposed to a little later, is because Canadian teams are probably going to want to get their deals done before the deadline if they do have to do the two-week quarantine. Um, so you got to keep your eye on that. And this could go just immediately out the window. Um, and I'll just ask you guys, do you have anything when it comes to Derek Stefan deal? Obviously, I, I had mine in my wacky scenario, but uh, it, it does mean that GMs have to get a little creative with using LTIR in a dead contract, which we don't see very often. But...
0: Um, I, I don't have a specific trade, but I, I do think he's going to be involved in a trade, maybe in a three-way trade. You know, you're looking at some of the guys who make more money. Uh, let's say Taylor hall, for example, I think he can, Derek Stepon's contract can be used as LTIR money because so many good teams, so many teams. And so many of the good teams are so close to the cap.
1: Mm-hmm. The trade deadline is going to be very bad this year. Chances are. And what we want to do today is just prove to GMs there's a chance. You can do it. Make the moves. Do it. Please. Even if it's
2: two weeks prior. We yeah. don't mind. We just want the content.
1: Yeah. I really hope they're not making the TSN and Sportsnet guys come in at 8 a.m. like they do every year and spend the whole day doing the deadline show. I mean, or James the,
2: yeah, I, I, love, I love listening to him. So I, I don't really mind.
1: That's true. He is good. He is really good.
2: Yeah. He knows how to, like, you know, like, this is one thing I'd love to learn in our careers. Mm-hmm. is how to stay enthusiastic, even when you have to say the same fact, like, five times. Because, like, yeah. you have to be, like as a reminder, or if you just joined us.
1: You know how the queen, um, just, like, at every public appearance, she just has to put on that face. She has to smile. It's probably just ingrained in her. Mm-hmm. It feels like James Duchy kind of has to have that. You can tell I've been watching The Crown All right, quick intermission there Because um, I have to get a drink It's very thirsty Very mm. very heated here In the studio apartment Not a studio apartment It's a normal condo, but whatever Okay, um, to finish off the show I think we need to talk about that That um, uh, Chris Johnston needs, needs to go to jail For that tweet about the league. He
0: needs to go to Twitter jail they
1: have, have, oh, have, Chris, have won. Um, they need to go join Sir Anthony Blunt in jail.
2: Disclaimer, we love you, Chris.
1: Yes, do you guys know who Anthony Blunt is? No, the KGB, KGB, um, KGB spy that works for the royal family. Oh, we're not done okay.
2: with the historical references. <laughs> yeah. he, uh,
1: <laughs> he was actually given, uh, he was pardoned for it. Uh, like, close to the family, big yeah. art guy, actually.
2: Uh, there was also Kim Philby, remember him? No, so um he helped with uh sorry <laughs> i thought we were going down to the references but That's he actually cool. helped with uh bletchley park in like you know decoding uh a lot of like the german codes during world oh. war Two, and he almost became the head of mi6 yep. but they also found out that he was like working with the soviets during the cold war
1: man what's it with everyone playing sides in the cold war eh i don't
2: know.
1: man uh. interesting
2: novels though or I guess, not novels, but history books too. You know, a lot of everything. You know, the fan fiction, the uh, actual stuff, great stuff.
1: More in that is just so interesting to study. You know what I mean? Just uh, like mm-hmm. the thoughts behind everything and that. It's just, it's just really interesting stuff. Um, I don't claim to be Adam Wilde, but I do have a passion for history. Are we going to have I love history.
0: Adam's History Corner?
1: I don't know is about that coming soon? I don't know about that. It'll be
0: its I'm own starting, separate...
1: If I start talking about the royal family, we're gonna have to. Uh,
2: I've actually mentioned it before to you guys. Like if I didn't go into journalism, I'd probably be a history prof. Yeah,
1: man. Okay, oh, well, awesome. um but, yeah, Chris Johnson needs to answer for his crimes. Because since tweeting the are server juggernaut, I think they've won one game.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: last night, but we do have to mention before we can talk about last night's game, that Matthews goal against the Jets.
0: That was um, very nice.
1: I, the way he's playing really makes me question whether he's—he he's, is injured. That's very no.
0: It's yeah. It's yeah. Obvious. It's obvious.
1: But wow, um, the yeah. way he is playing. But then I, I, I'm really starting to beg the question here. Sit him. What are you doing? I know. I he's know. He's a goal scorer, and it's a look. What happened to Claude Giroux after his wrist injury?
0: Does Matthew sit tonight? I listen. I would have said he should have sat the last couple of games. Like I get, I get it's important because you know you haven't been great. They they haven't. They might have looked like the better team, but the bounces aren't going their way, and they were going their way at the beginning of the season. So this is just luck turning against them, I guess, in a way. But we've seen them play without Matthews, and they can do it. So I don't understand. Like I get, he can you can the injury can heal while he's he can, while he still plays, which I believe both him and Keith have said, but that doesn't mean you keep playing him. Like what Like I know it's a, what if something bad happens, you can use that with anything, but I think you have, or you had at the time a lead, a, a, a sizable lead from second place. You can win without Matthews. So why still play him? Why don't Why don't you let him rest?
1: I didn't realize the Leafs for playing. By the way, so I want to go chat. Yeah. Sens.
2: Yeah, but yes. you don't know understand. Hashtag They're in Toronto. This enemy. is Toronto, and what is Correct.
0: Toronto known for during the championship run? What championship? Like the Raptors' championship? Yes.
2: Run. Load okay. management. It yeah. works.
1: Do you, Do you guys know who's playing right now? By the way,
2: um, the Clippers. No. No. Okay, I think it's quite Leonard. No. I don't
1: know. Uh, Minnesota are playing the game. Yeah. Uh, I just thought I'd mention that. I mean, and if it's the Sens, too, does he need to play against the Sens?
0: Give him the rest. Like, not really.
1: Matt Murray's expected tonight. Uh, nothing confirmed. If Matt Murray's playing, do you really need to throw? I mean, you might get a few goals towards the Rocket tonight if Matt Murray's in there, but like, do we need to put – even if it's Hogberg – or decor, do we really need Austin Matthews down there tonight? I don't
2: think we I, I think, like, it is another, I guess, championship example I'll give is 2013, where Patrick Kane misses quite a bit of time. He doesn't really look 100%. And the Blackhawks realize, even in a long season, let's sit him a bit. You know, let's not play him every other game. Let's give him a bit of a rest and just reevaluate after, no, like, keep putting him back into the lineup. And arguably From that team I What the Leafs have I think they're a deeper team
1: Okay I
2: You don't have to- Michael Hanzus As your second line
1: center Yes well, One of the all time Great names by the way I want to ask you guys One more thing here Because um, I was about to Check Twitter to end the show And I saw something Really interesting I was talking to a buddy of mine Who's a Sharks fan right uh, Last night I mean Not Was it long. Eric With a K It has to do with Eric With a K Okay i saw mike tweet something about this mike stevens no i'd love to talk to mike stevens though love it love to have him on the show would love it but you know the stars don't always align
2: not yet no the vision still has its time No,
1: he's not welcomed on the show like how that's um,
0: definitely not true like
1: he's not welcome he's not welcome He's like Prince Edward VIII after the afternoon. Oh my
0: gosh, okay. You and the history on. references. He's it. out
1: of the family. Um, but no, no, he's not allowed on. He's not allowed, no. Unless he comes on with a, ha- a letter of apology. Anyway, um, okay, listen. So Eric Carlson has basically said he doesn't want to go through another rebuild. And everyone's getting pissy out because he's not playing well. He makes a lot of money. Can we kind of remember though that a he went through this Nattawa and what was he rewarded with by the Sens? nothing. He was cast away. B he more than Tom f- Hanks. what?
2: He's cast away more than Tom Hanks.
1: Co What's the coconuts name? Wilbur or something Yeah
2: Wilbur I'm sorry.
1: Wilbur, is it actually Wilbur?
2: Is it Wilbur? Wilson.
1: Wilson.
2: Where did we get a Wilbur from? With the pig. Oh, from Charlotte's Web.
1: Yeah. Yeah, great book. Never read it. Never watched the movie. Okay. Anyway, B, can we remember that Eric Carlson physically can't play at the same level anymore?
2: Which is sad.
1: Like his. his it all started with Matt Cook, by the way. And then it led to the best playoff performance we've seen from a defenseman in how long in 2017. Maybe it's because I'm a massive Carlson fan and, you know, he's had, uh, on and off the ice, we need to remember he's had a very, very rough few years. Uh, we talked about Matt Muriel losing his father. Um, like The thing with Eric Carlson and his life, you know, um, I, uh, maybe I just don't like it, but can we give Eric Carlson maybe a stacker? Like, He's well, he signed in San Jose a because of the money b that was a model organization that had been winning hockey games and making the playoffs and making runs since the early two thousands something like you, that they had been consistent for so long.
0: You know what the thing is? What is, is I think a lot of people give him him and Evander Gay, Evander Kane crap because. I think they they think that the reason that certain guys aren't there anymore are because of these two. I mean, because they had to give them. So I'm not saying it's right. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of people in San Jose, or San Jose fans in general, preferred Joe Pavelski over Evander Kane. The way I see it, spending sorry sorry, or spending money on somewhere else than Eric Carlson. I don't know, like but especially the Evander Kane, the way I see them in like, I think they know that if Evander Kane isn't here, Joe Pavelski still is. And I think they're so much more connected to Joe Pavelski than they were Evander Kane. All right. The way I kind of see it too, is like, this is not new for the sharks. Like
2: they have never really been a team known to really, you know, develop from the ground up. When you look back on, all the trades they've done, you know, they've always dug deep from the prospect pool. They've, you know, they've always mortgaged the future and they've always had these big contracts. Like if you even go back to when they were still kind of, you know, riding on a Marlowe or a Thornton to really be part of these teams, like other than Logan Couture, you saw a lot of young prospects get traded. You saw the Danny Heatley deal. You saw like what they were doing with that. You saw how they were kind of you know, going in between when they should have kind of retooled. Like, I know that everyone looks at the finals of two thousand and sixteen, saying, "All right, well, you know, they had a team there." But again, you have to look at the year before; they missed the playoffs by quite a bit. And what they've been trying to do, and I'm not, I'm not saying that the management's been kind of bad, but look what's it kind of gotten you when you think of the Joe Pavelski. Yeah, like he. He's not the player he used to be, but I know he has that leadership aspect. But they kept the other guys that have a bit of that semblance too. Of you know, they gave your best years to them, and yeah, they signed the extension. And it happens to a lot of teams. It just sucks, you know. The Mark Edward Vlasic, the Brent Burns, like those are not aging well. But again, these are the guys that gave their all during their prime, and I I could see where Eric Carlson's coming from. Mm-hmm.
1: It,
0: uh, another thing, quickly, uh, I think hockey fans in general. And I think this is one of the issues with hockey fans in recent years is that they look at a player, they look at how much money they make and they look, well, sorry, you're like, and and I think this is, this is one of the things is they say, he's making an 11 and a half million dollars a year. And that's not a hundred percent. Like, Hey, if someone offered me 11 and a half million dollars a year, and really I'm not worth that, no, like, of course I'm taking that contract. There's no, mm. there's no way I'm not signing on the dotted line. And I think they see that and they say, well, Hey, you, you took 11 and a half million dollars for this team. I don't want to hear you complain. I it's not the, and I, and I'm not defending their, their thought process. I just think we've seen it happen in the past before with the guys who make big bucks Speaking out about something and people complaining because they make a lot of money.
1: Also, is it a bad thing Eric Carlson is saying he doesn't want to lose?
0: No, it's not a bad thing. I I think that zeal of
2: you know trying to like literally carrying the team, I don't think it's kind of there right now. Because I think I don't know, I that that playoff run just did something to him with Ottawa.
1: He's just never been the same. I'm going to tell my kids, I swear to you, Eric Carlson was a god. Like, how but, everyone's like, Forsberg, he was amazing. Yeah. Carlson. Peter? Go
2: ahead. Peter Forsberg?
1: Yeah. Okay. I like Philip, but not Prince Philip. He's a, he's a Okay.
2: Like, yes. Yeah. Philip with an F.
1: No, yeah, he's good, but, like, Peter Forsberg was... There's a very deals. good YouTube clip of uh, a game against. I mentioned it before against the Panthers. They were down like five nothing, and he single-handedly gets them back in the game. Game changer. He's just like he go. He's a player that goes through you. Got them. He's just pure dominance. I love watching Forsberg highlights. He's just as someone who grew up respecting Colorado as a second favorite team. Like that mm-hmm. guy. Talk. Everyone goes on about naturally because he was a leaf. People go on about Lindros and like just how dominant he was. Forsberg dried right up there.
2: I love the connection there. Yeah,
1: and probably because Forsberg's. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. Um, but like honestly, Peter Forsberg. I mean, if there's a guy, I think I talked about Dot soup when you asked us in the text the other day, Daniel, who you'd want to see. Um, if there's anyone in history that I could go to and get to watch again it would also be Peter Forsberg because that is and the way how he would come back even when he missed the whole year came back for the one of their cup wins and like won the college might and I would never mix mix like miss that beat kind of like Bobby Orr did. just something special something so special that we're never going to see again Peter Forsberg
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like he wasn't there's the stigma around European players that they're more like sort of like the finessey type. I was gonna say that, yeah. He was just, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll you over, like a, like concrete getting messed up with a like jackhammer. That's what we call Peter Forsberg in high school, the jackhammer.
0: Not Goldberg.
1: No the wrestler. No, no. Okay. No.
0: Or the Austin Powers uh, villain. Gold member. Oh member, gold member. gold, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, gold member. Sorry.
1: <laughs> also
2: played by Mike Myers. Also are we good? Yeah. Okay. I believe that's everything.
1: Okay. Before I keep going about the royal family, we should end the show. What? you
2: probably never mentioned probably, that probably. earlier. Yeah.
1: Um okay. Um this was a good show. Yeah. A lot of trades, speculation, names of awards. Minnesota bias, Montreal bias, and a good time. I don't know what I'm doing right now. We are pleased to be here today representing The Crown. I've been watching so much of The Crown. It's, it's such a good show, by the way, watch it. We are so pleased to be here today. With my, my husband, Prince Philip. And the way she says Philip is so fun. Daniel, I don't know Daniel's just holding something back. Right my there.
2: gosh, I thought we were over this. <laughs> Adam will never be over it. You nation. No.
1: I, I love the okay. It's so funny.
2: Only you're allowed to do this because you're British.
1: Yeah. You ever seen their dogs, like the corgis? No. I love corgis. They are so cute. Like the little legs. Like They're just like teddy bears.
2: I like baby French bulldogs.
1: What's wrong with English bulldogs? <laughs> you know what's weird is mm-hmm. being an Englishman and like, listen, I'm barely British at this point, but like, I hate France because you're supposed to, but being a Canadian, I'm such a wannabe French Canadian.
2: But what about the Anton Cordier? When? The agreement in good faith. Well, well, I don't
1: prior know. to World War One. Yeah, but they the French are just like I. There's just something about it as an as as an as an Englishman where you're like, yeah, the French. It's just you know they they think they're better cooks. They're just there's just an air of, of of confidence. I can't say cockiness, but there's a bit of cockiness with the French. Where it's like, listen, and like the, the English are very much a you know an old school traditionalist. Why the French are just like. Here we are with we're freaking we're better than everyone. Like it's just maybe it's because I'm a big Gordon Ramsay fan and he Mm -hmm. always makes fun of the French. It's just listen. I like Pierre (laughs) Edward Bellamar. And I I like um who's the one on on the Canucks? Um Antoine Boussel.
0: And Alex Taxier.
1: And Taxier. And Christabel Huey. Even though no, not Huey. Was he French, French?
2: Yeah, he's French, French.
1: I call it fake French. Okay. Quebec is better.
2: <laughs> New French.
1: New French. <laughs> All right. Um, what, what do you do here? Outro, please?
2: All right, guys. Well, this was a great episode. You know, we really only focused on hockey here. Uh, You know, no tangents whatsoever. But thank you again, Voice Ted, for being an excellent platform for us. Uh, Please check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know, really anywhere on your podcast. Give us a rating if you can leave a comment, check out the YouTube you
1: the, a podcast and voicehead about the Royal family. Probably. I
2: okay. Right. I, thought, right. I thought it was ending this episode, but yes. Thank you again. Voice dead. We love you guys. Um, thank you to you guys for making this a very <laughs> funny show. Yes. Um, remember to check out the YouTube, check out Al- Alex's blog, check out Adam's YouTube. Wait, oh, yeah, your articles coming out to the that opener. Be sure to check out the sports issue
1: eventually I eventually
2: keep, coming I keep
1: out being told there are edits but and that they're done but i keep getting more but i'm told to ignore okay them.
2: one day it will surprise us and we'll look back on this conversation um please check out my stuff for the hockey writers and the eye opener yeah and we will see you guys
1: we want to hear next from the us two stars on itunes we want to yes s- of course I we bet will see Mike you stars.
2: next week <laughs>